ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهدي الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله وصفيه وخليله وخيرته من خلقه وامينه على وحيه ارسله ربه رحمه للعالمين وحجه على خلقه وعبادي اجمعين واسال الله ان يجعلنا من صالح امته وان يحشرنا يوم القيامه في زمرته ثم اما بعد اولا عباد الله اوصيكم ونفسي بتقوى الله فقد فاز المتقون first and foremost of stays of Allah azza wa jal advise myself and yourself to fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in open and in secret for indeed those who fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala they are the successful ones ibad Allah in an oft-read surah which is read on a daily basis Allah azza wa jal he brings our attention to four matters Four matters which if we live by, we will attain salvation in dunya wal-akhirah. And about the surah, the great Imam al-Shafi'i, rahimahullah ta'ala, he said, لَوْ مَا أَنزَلَ اللَّهُ حُجَّةً عَلَىٰ خَلْقِهِ إِلَّا هَذِي السُورَةِ لَكَفَتْهُمْ He said, and Allah Azza wa Jal not revealed a single chapter of the Qur'an upon his creation, Except this chapter, it would have sufficed him. Allah wa hiya suratul asri. O servants of Allah, it is suratul asr. A surah which we read each and every single day, and we read it to pass over our prayer very quickly. And today, inshallah, we would like to reflect over these verses, which contain four important matters, so that we may learn these matters, practice these matters, and call others towards it. Ibadullah, Allah Azza wa Jal, He commands us to contemplate and to ponder and to reflect over the meanings contained in His book. Allah Azza wa Jal says, أَفَلَا يَتَدَبَّرُونَ الْقُرْآنِ وَلَوْ كَانَ مِنْ عِنْدِ غَيْرِ اللَّهِ لَوَجَدُوا فِيهِ اِخْتِلَافًا كَثِيرًا Allah says, do they not contemplate? Do they not ponder? Do they not reflect over the Qur'an? And had this book been from any others besides Allah Azza wa Jal, they would find in it many contradictions and discrepancies. But the fact that the book of Allah Azza wa Jal contains no contradictions, this is a sign that truly this is the word of Allah Azza wa Jal. In another verse, Allah Azza wa Jal says, أَفَلَا يَتَدَبَّرُونَ الْقُرْآنَ أَمْ عَلَىٰ قُلُوبٍ أَقُفَالُهَا do they not ponder and reflect over the Qur'an or has locks been set upon their hearts? And so we recite the book of Allah and we hear the recitation of the book of Allah in our daily prayers. But how much do we reflect over the message which Allah has given us in this book? So what does this mean with regard to the surah and what does suratul asr contain of meanings? The first reflection in Surah Al-Asr is about time itself. 
And this chapter has been named the chapter of time, Surah Al-Asr. And Allah Azza wa Jal, He takes a qasam by time. He takes an oath by His creation. And this is Rabbul Alameen, the creator of all the creation. And Allah Azza wa Jal, He can take an oath by whatever He subhanahu wa ta'ala wishes. But as for us, His servants, we only take oaths in the name of Al-Azim. We only take oaths in the name of Allah Azza wa Jal. We do not take oaths in the names of our fathers or our mothers or other than this from amongst the creation. We only take oaths by the name of Allah Azza wa Jal. But the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes an oath by time, He's bringing our focus and our attention to show us the importance of time itself. Time which is the essence of life. The passing of years and months and weeks and days, in essence and in reality, it is the passing of our lives. And the Muslim, he has a different outlook with regards to his life in this dunya and the years which pass him by. The years which pass the believer by, he's reminded of the reality of this dunya. That this dunya is fania, that this dunya, it will perish and it will come to an end. Just like he reminds himself with the passing of his years in this dunya, that his life will come to an end and he will meet his appointed term, which Allah Azza wa Jal has decreed 50,000 years before he created the heavens and the earth. Ibadallah, time is the essence of life. As Imam al-Shafi'i rahimahullah ta'ala said, Al-waqtu kassayf, illam yaqta'uhu qata'a. He said that time, it is like a sword. Either you will cut time, or time will cut you. Meaning, either you will take advantage of your life in this world, or time will overcome you, and you will meet your appointed term. The Prophet Muhammad والسلام, he brings our attention to the importance of time. In the hadith wherein the Prophet والسلام, said, Ightanim khamsan qabla khamsin. That take advantage of five matters before five things overcome you. And one of these matters the Prophet said, take advantage of your life before your death. Take advantage of your life before your death. And the nature of man is that he loves tulul baqa. He wants to remain in the life of this world for a lengthy period. But we need to ask ourselves the question, why do we want a lengthy life? Do we want a lengthy life so we can see out our goals and our aspirations which we have set for ourselves in the life of this world? To such an extent that we will not feel fulfilled with our lives if we do not attain our goals in this dunya. Or do we want to live a lengthy life for the sake of attaining the pleasure of Allah Azza wa Jal and a lofty rank in the Akhirah? Yaqulu al-Hasan al-Basri rahimahullah ta'ala Inna al-Mu'minu wa inna al-Mu'mina qawamun ala nafsihi yuhasibu nafsahu lillah وَإِنَّمَا خَفَّ الْحِسَابُ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ أَلَا قَوْمٍ حَاسَبُوا أَنفُسَهُمْ فِي الدُّنْيَا 
wa inna ma shaqqal hisabu yawmal qiyamati ala qaumin akhadhu hadhal amra ala ghairi muhasaba Hassan al-Basri rahimahullah said he said that the believer is one who constantly takes himself into account and he doesn't just take himself into account for the sake of this world but he takes himself into account lillah yuhasibu nafsahu lillah he takes stock of himself for the sake of Allah so he looks at himself and he looks at his actions and he looks at his deeds and he looks at his statements and he asks himself is or are these deeds pleasing to Allah Azza wa Jal these moments which has passed us by it is either good or good or bad imma khayrun or imma sharrun the moment which have passed us by it is either moments spent in the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or it is moments which is spent in the disobedience of Allah Azza wa And this good or bad, it is imma laka aw alayk. It is either in your favor, meaning you will find it in your scale of good deeds. Whosoever does an atom of good, he will see it. And whosoever does an atom of evil will see it. All these moments, it is times of the disobedience of Allah Azza wa And so the one who Allah Azza wa has granted tawfiq, and the one who Allah Azza wa has granted divine guidance, regrets the time spent in sin and disobedience, and he hastens towards Tawbah. Because Tawbah wadifatul Muslim. Tawbah is the life goal of a Muslim. A believer is always between Obedience and disobedience. When he finds himself in a state of obedience and afia, he praises Allah Azza wa and he gives gratitude for this. And when he finds himself in a state of sin, then he hastens towards seeking forgiveness and turning back to Allah Azza wa So Allah Azza wa he brings our focus to time and he takes a qasam by the spirit matter. Wal asr. Allah Azza wa then goes on and he says, Inna al-insana la fi khusr. And this inna is harfu tawqeed wa nasb. It is the particle of emphasis and it is shown to use emphasis in the Arabic language. So Allah says, Inna al-insana. And we translate this as indeed. Indeed, mankind is at loss. And this is a general statement from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Man is at loss. Muslim, kafir, young, old, dhakar, untha, male or female, mankind is at loss. And this shows us that time is a precious commodity to the believer. For a believer, he is eager to spend this valuable gift which Allah Azza wa Jal has given him, which is life. He is eager to spend this commodity in the best of ways. And he's more protective over his time than the tujar are over their commodities. He's more eager and diligent with regard to his time than what the business people are with regards to their commodities. Kana Abu Bakr ibn Ayyash yaqul, Law saqata min ahadim dirhamun, la dhalla yawmuhu, yaqul, inna lillahi. Abu Bakr ibn Ayyash said that if a businessman lost 
a single silver coin, his entire day would have been spoiled. And he would have looked at this as a calamity. And he would say, Inna lillahi, because this is a loss for him. He'd say to Allah Azza wa Jal, do we belong? وَهُوَ يُذْهِبُ عُمْرَهُ وَلَا يَقُولُ ذَهَبَ عُمْرِي وَقَدْ كَانَ لِلَّهِ أَقْوَامٌ يُبَادِرُونَ الْأَوْقَاتُ يَحْفَظُونَ السَّاعَاتِ وَيُلَازِمُونَهَا بِالطَّاعَاتِ He then said that there were a people, and this is the righteous predecessors, the son of a salih. They used to be eager and diligent with regards to their time. يَحْفَظُونَ السَّاعَاتِ They would protect and safeguard their moments and their hours. يُلَازِمُونَهَا بِالطَّاعَاتِ they would fill up their time with obedience to Allah Azza wa Jal. And this is the likeness of the true Muslim. Al-Mu'min, al-Sadiq, ashaddu muhasabatan li nafsihi min al-tajir al-shahih. That the true believer, he takes himself more into account than the miserly businessman. The miserly businessman who accounts for every cent spent Every rand and every dollar, the believer, he takes himself more into account than the businessman who is niggardly. Ibadallah, we must understand that our time spent in this dunya is time which passed over our lives. And this understanding should lead us to take advantage of our lives before death overcomes us. And we should have more ghira more protective jealousy over our time than the business people do have over their commodities. And how much time do we spend in the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And how much time do we dedicate to achieving the pleasure of Allah azza wa jal and the year after? How much of our time goes into prayer? How much of our time goes into fasting? How much of our time goes into spending in the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? How much of our time goes into showing obedience to our parents? How much of our time goes into achieving righteous actions? When some of the Salaf reached the age of 70 years old, he would take a step back and he would reflect. And he would tell himself that since the time he became pubescent and he became mukallaf, at least 20,000 days has passed him by. He would then blame himself and take account of himself. وَقَالَ مَاذَا لَوْ لَقِيتُ رَبِّ كُلَّ يَوْمٍ بِذَنْبٍ وَاحِدٍ فَقَدٍ He said, what would my state be with Allah Azza wa Jal if I met Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala after 20,000 days on this dunya with one single sin? That meant he would meet Allah Azza wa Jal with 20,000 sins. And he would ask himself the question, أَأَلْقَ اللَّهَ بِإِشْرِينَ أَلْفْ ذَنْبٍ ثُمَّ بَكَى رَحِمَ اللَّهِ he would ask himself the question, will I meet Allah Azza wa Jal with 20,000 sins? And then he would cry, may Allah Azza wa Jal have mercy upon him. This is the reality 
O servants of Allah. That our time spent in the life of this world, it is either for us or against us. And we need to be eager and diligent with regards to preserving our time and spending it in the way of Allah Azza wa Jal. أقول هذا القول وأستغفر الله لي ولكم من كل ذنب فاستغفروه إنه هو الغفور الرحيم الحمد لله وحده والصلاة على من لا نبي بعده وبعد إباد الله قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم اتق الله حيثما كنت واتبع سيئه الحسنه تمحها وخالق الناس بخلق حسن the prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam says fear allah wherever you are and follow up a bad deed with a good deed for it to wipe it out and interact with people in a goodly manner ibad allah we mentioned in surah al-asr Allah Azza wa Jal, He brings our attention to four important matters. And the first of these matters is mentioned in the statement of Allah Azza wa Jal, وَالْأَصْرِ إِنَّ الْإِنسَانَ لَفِي خُسْرِ إِلَّا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ The first of these matters is mentioned where Allah says, except for those, and this is the exception, with regard to the people who are at loss, except for those who believe, and they accompany this belief, with righteous deeds this is the first matter the first matter is the matter of belief the first matter it is the matter of belief Allah says except those who believe and belief cannot be formulated except upon knowledge and this shows us a very very important principle in our religion Except those who believe and do righteous deeds. And that principle is that knowledge comes before speech and action. And this is the reality. As Allah Azrael says, Allah says, Know and have knowledge that none has the right to be worshipped except Him. Then seek forgiveness for your sins. So this verse, this principle is derived from. And that principle is that knowledge comes before speech and action. Many Muslims fall into many shortcomings because they lack knowledge. And many Muslims, they fall into disobedience and they fall into innovation because... They first act and then they seek to justify it. But the correct methodology should be seek knowledge of what pleases Allah Azza wa Jal and then you act upon this. So knowledge is the first matter mentioned in the surah. And knowledge in al-Islam, it revolves around three important matters. And we should ask ourselves, how much of this do I comprehend? And the first of this is ma'rifatullah. It is to know Allah Azza wa Jal. To know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through His divine names and His beautiful attributes. If we ask the brothers today in attendance to name us at least 10 names of the names of Allah Azza wa Jal. When we do this, we struggle. And this is the first foundation of Islam. 
to know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then to know the rights which Allah azza wa jal has placed over us which is haqqullah which is the right of Allah azza wa jal and that is that we worship him and we do not describe any parties with him in worship this is the first matter of knowledge in Islam the second matter is وَمَعْرِفَةُ نَبِيَّهُ to know the Prophet alayhi salatu wasalam so that we can better practice upon his lifestyle and practice upon his sunnah for each and every single Muslim loves the Messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam without a shadow of a doubt but if our love was true for him we would have emulated him and we would have shown obedience towards him as the poet said لَوْ كُنْتَ حُبًّا صَادِقًا لَأَطَعْتَهُ that had your love for the Prophet been true, you would have obeyed him. For indeed, the one who loves to the beloved, he is obedient. So many Muslims love the Prophet But when we look at their actions and our actions, it contradicts the lifestyle of the Messenger Muhammad Loving the Prophet does not require lip service. It requires conformity and obedience. And this is the second matter of knowledge. The third matter which relates to knowledge, it is knowing the deen of Al-Islam by way of its detailed proofs. To know the religion of Al-Islam by way of its detailed proofs. Not to know the way of Al-Islam and the religion of Al-Islam by way of this sheikh or that sheikh. But it is upon the Muslim to look at the book of Allah and the sunnah of the Prophet and to follow the scholars who follow this methodology because we don't follow individuals yes we follow scholars and that is your right but we follow the evidences of that which the scholars have derived we don't follow individuals we follow the book of Allah and the sunnah of the Prophet so in Islam knowledge comes first and we don't practice then seek knowledge Part of being a good Muslim and a sincere Muslim and a true Muslim means we must show dedication towards knowledge. And this dedication towards knowledge, it is actually an obligation. The Prophet said, طَالَبُ الْعِلْمِ فَرِيضَةٌ عَلَى كُلِّ مُسْلِمٍ وَمُسْلِمًا He said that seeking knowledge, it is an obligation upon each and every single Muslim, male and female. And he made no distinction in this regard. And this obligation, it differs from person to person. That whatever equips you to establish your religion, then that is an obligation upon you. Purification, salah, tawheed, knowing Allah and the rights of Allah Azza wa Jal, this is an obligation upon each and every single Muslim. It is sad that we find many Muslims who do not know the foundations correctly. That we struggle with aspects of knowledge which is necessary for us, such as wudu. You go into the wudu room and we look at the state of wudu of the Muslims. And we find that Muslims do not perform wudu correctly. And this is a general statement, but we mean it specifically. And the reality of this is that the Muslim must know these matters. How to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you are from amongst those people, if Allah is blessed with wealth and your wealth reaches the level of the nisab, then you must learn about zakat. Zakat is not an obligation upon each and every single individual. 
But if you're not, if your wealth reaches the level of the nisab, zakat becomes obligatory upon you to learn. You're a young Muslim, you want to get married. Before you get married, knowledge of nikah becomes obligatory upon you to know. So this obligation, it differs from person to person, and it differs according to the person's condition. So Allah said, Except those who believe, and they accompany this belief with righteous deeds. So first in knowledge, then righteous deeds. We also see from this verse that a necessary requirement of Iman is not just having the name Muhammad or Aisha or Fatima or Zakaria, but a necessary requirement of Al-Iman, it is to produce righteous deeds. We cannot just be Muslim by name. We cannot just be Muslim on a day of Jumu'ah. We cannot just be Muslims in the month of Ramadan. If you are Muslim and you say, Amanna, I believe in Allah, then you must submit to Allah Azza wa Jal and you must submit to those matters which Allah Azza wa Jal has obligated upon us. Because a necessary requirement of Iman, it is righteous deeds. A necessary requirement of Iman, it is righteous deeds. So there are deeds which is a requirement from each and every single Muslim to practice upon in order to be an entry-level Muslim. We find that as Muslims, you are still grappling with the obligation of Salah, or the obligation of Hijab, or the obligation of Zakat. The basic fundamental matters of Islam, we are struggling with. But this very actions and deeds gives true meaning to a Muslim. Allah Azza wa Jalla brings our attention to the third matter. The first matter being knowledge, the second matter being action. Allah then says, وَتَوَاصَوْ بِالْحَقِّ That they mutually exhort one another with the truth. And this truth is Islam. And this shows the obligation of da'wah. That the obligation of da'wah is not just the responsibility of the mashayikh or the students of knowledge, or the du'at. But the obligation of calling towards al-Islam is a responsibility which rests upon the shoulders of each and every single Muslim. The Prophet said, as Allah mentioned in his book, كُلْ هَذِي سَبِيلِي أَدْعُوا إِلَى اللَّهِ عَلَى بَصِيرَتِي أَنَا وَمَنِ اتَّبَعْنِي The Prophet said that this is my path, this is my way. I call you towards Allah. I call you towards singling Allah Azza wa Jal out in worship and fulfilling his tawheed. Ana, myself, meaning the Prophet. And those who follow me. So if you claim to be a follower of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, then you must call towards his religion. But of course, the necessary requirement for this is, it must be based upon knowledge. I call to Allah Azza wa Jal upon insight, certainty, sure knowledge. So whatever you are certain of, of the matters of Islam, then the obligation upon you is to call towards this, this matter. The fourth matter contained in Surah Al-Asr is as Allah says, That 
that they mutually exhort one another with the truth, which is Islam, and this is da'wah, and they mutually exhort one another with patience. And this is because the person who finds him in a position of enjoying the good and forbidding the evil, he will surely meet the displeasure and the harm of the people. Because he is calling them towards those matters which Allah Azza wa Jalla is obligated, but more so he is calling them towards those matters which Allah Azza wa Jalla has prohibited upon them, and these matters go against his desires. And so, whoever finds himself in the position of da'wah, and this is every Muslim, he will surely be met with challenges. And this is the reality of da'wah. And we look at the seerah of the Prophet Muhammad and the lives of the Anbiya, they themselves were mocked at. They themselves were scoffed. They themselves were physically harmed. For what reason? For the reason that they called towards Allah Azza wa Jal and the religion of Islam, which is submission. So we call ourselves and yourselves, O servants of Allah, to ponder and reflect over this great surah. About which Imam Ash-Shafi said, لو ما أنزل الله حجة على خلقي إلا هذه سورة لكفتهم. فلن الله عز وجل not revealed a single hujja proof upon his creation except this one, it would have sufficed him as a reminder towards these four matters, which is the obligation firstly of knowledge, secondly the obligation of action, thirdly the obligation of calling towards that knowledge. And fourthly, the obligation of having patience and perseverance upon the afflictions and trials that you face in your call towards Allah Azza wa Jal. وَهَذَا وَصَلُّوا رَحِمُكُمُ اللَّهِ عَلَى خَيْرِ الْبَرِيَّةِ وَأَزْكَى الْبَشَرِيَّةِ صَاحِبُ الْحَوْدِ وَالشَّفَاءَةِ